Well, one of the best things you can do as a parent when you mess up is to admit to your child that you made a mistake and to seek out forgiveness. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta. He heads up our parenting team. And Danny, this is not easy for some of us. I'm including myself here. But our kids, they seem to forgive pretty easily and respect when I do go to them and say, I'm sorry. They do. And... uh really, we need to stop and consider what we've done. There's some things that are really big that parents do. Uh, like uh, if we talk about the extreme, there's abuse and mm-hmm. trying to repair that. And then there's all the way to one moment here where I, where I had, uh, where I forgot my kids at school. Uh, and I mean, there's a wide variety of ways that we need to ask for forgiveness. So I'll tell this story really quick. I was on the counseling line here at Focus on the Family, counseling away, right? Mm-hmm. And I completely forgot that I was supposed to pick up the kids after school. So you, liter- you literally I forgot, forgot that I your forgot kids were at school waiting for you. Ugh. I admit that out loud. And it was, it was on, on me. And all of a sudden, I got a few texts on my phone, and I was not looking at my phone for, for a while. And my wife was saying, hey, are you going to get the kids? The school is mm-hmm. asking. They've taken, taken them back into the, the principal's office area where they're waiting at the, the school office. And so I ended up showing up about 30 to 45 minutes late to pick mm. up my kids, and they have not forgotten about that. That was uh, <laughs> elementary school, and oh, uh, they'll bring it up every once in a while. But I did ask. I remember the, as they got into the car, I said, I'm really sorry. You guys are very important to me. It was my mistake. I should, I should not do that. That's an irresponsible thing to do. Mm. I was... Uh, I completely forgot that I was supposed to do this. Uh-huh. And they forgave me. Yeah. They, they said, hey, Dad, we forgive you. And, Did they, they attach any like conditions it, like uh, McDonald's on the way home, Dad, or anything like that? <laughs> no, they could tell I felt really bad. And I, yeah. I hugged them, loved on them, uh, yet they loved to tease me about it and bring it up. Kids are super resilient. Yeah, I won't share the many times I've had to ask for forgiveness from my kids. A lot of it is just... Uh, stupid attitudes and, um, you know, foolish words that I spoke. Let's go ahead and turn now to somebody that knows all about this, uh, Dr. Gary Chapman. He is known for the five love languages, and here's a part of a conversation he had with Focus President Jim Daly in which he talked about ways that we can apologize effectively to our kids. Gary, I I do appreciate that um, idea of apologizing there is that next step that you talk about in the book, though, and that is the ability to forgive. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Sometimes I might think of those two as one and the same, but you are saying, no, they're two different acts. I think apology is when we acknowledge our own failure to the other person. Mm-hmm. And in the book, I discuss five different ways that people do apologize because we have different ideas on what apology means. And we can discuss those if you like. But I think in a response to an apology, the biblical response is forgiveness. You know, we're told in Ephesians 4 that we're to forgive in the same way God forgives us. Well, how does God forgive us? When we confess our sins, God forgives us. Mm. So when the person apologizes to us, we're following a godly model when we forgive. And forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. It's a choice to pardon the person. I'm not going to make you pay for this. And to remove the barrier that the offense has created between us. Mm -hmm. Because every time we have that kind of experience, it puts an emotional block in a wall between us. Mm -hmm. And forgiveness removes the block so that now our relationship can go forward. No, that's so good. I do want to hit those, actually, the five languages of apology. 
So if we can, let's let's go through those. I think the first one is expressing regret. Um, let me ask a, you know, kind of a tough question. What if your teenager doesn't really connect with regret? Yeah, they're not seeing. The <laughs> you know, point they of regret. they haven't yeah. developed that ability to have regret. Yeah. Um, how, how does a parent steer their teenager into feeling regret? Yeah, I don't know that we can trigger their emotions, but we can give them a model. Hmm. And they're far more likely to follow our model anyway than right. they are our words. Right. But expressing regret often is done with the words, I'm sorry. In fact, this is one of the most common ways that people apologize, I'm sorry. But don't ever stop with those words. Tell them what you're sorry for. Specifically. Specifically. Yeah. I'm sorry that I lost my temper and yelled at you. Yeah. Because if you simply say, I'm sorry, that, that can be trite. To a lot of people, it doesn't connect very emotionally with them. But you tell, I'm sorry that I, and don't ever put the word but in there. Mm. I'm sorry that I, da 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 da. But if you had not, then I would not. Yeah. And now you're blaming them, right, for your behavior. Mm. So expressing regret is one of the ways to apologize. Another way is accepting responsibility. Mm. I was wrong. I should not have done that. There's no excuse for that. I take full responsibility for it. Our culture is not good at this. You're right. You're I mean, right. this is, and we're getting worse at it. Yeah. Mm. I think this is really the first step in teaching a child how to apologize. Mm. A four-year-old breaks a cookie and says, it broke. It broke. <laughs> yeah. And the parent says, honey, let's say that a different way. I broke the cookie. It's not a sin to break a cookie. Right. We're just helping them accept responsibility. Right. And for some people... You're not sincere if you don't accept responsibility, if you don't admit that what you did was wrong. Mm. And then a third way of expressing apology is offering to make restitution. How can I make this up to you? I know I've hurt you deeply, but I want to make it right. And if this is what they consider to be a sincere apology, they'll have an idea on what you can do to make it right. And then expressing the desire to change my behavior. I don't want to do that again. I don't like what I did, and I don't want to do it again. Can you help me? Can we talk? Can we get a plan that I won't do that again? Mm. And then the last is actually requesting forgiveness. Will you forgive me? I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. Okay, so true story. My wife apologized to one of our kids yesterday and said, I'm so sorry for doing this. Will you forgive me? And he said, no. And she looked at him. And he grinned. <laughs> so uh, some good play for we've, we've done good. this enough. We've apologized enough. For, yes, exactly. For him to say, yeah, okay, I will. But to have a little fun with it there, a little playfulness. Yeah, that's good. But what about the parent that's afraid, uh, Danny? They don't really want to ask for forgiveness because they tried that and it didn't go well. Or they felt too shamed in that moment. Yeah, a lot of parents carry shame after they've done something Wrong. And one thing is to feel guilty about something. And that, that is actually a very healthy thing to okay, feel Okay, so times. what's the difference? Yeah, the guilt is I did something wrong. Shame is I am a bad person because uh-huh. of what I did. And so that becomes part of who you are, your identity. You're, you're bad because of what you did. And some parents carry that. They'll say, I'm an awful parent. I'm the worst mom. I've messed up my kids. I've heard these phrases many times in my, in my counseling practice. And really the encouragement here is that we will all make mistakes along the way. We will. We will need to ask for forgiveness. And uh, what an opportunity to love one another and to receive the gift of forgiveness from our kids. It is truly a gift. And when we park in shame, it's like we're rejecting 
forgiveness. We're not able to forgive ourselves, and we're rejecting a gift that is very freeing. Mm -hmm. So you want to ask yourself, if you're stuck in shame, is it about the perfection that you're stuck on? And that is a trap. I want want to tell you, that is is a place where you will be uh, imprisoned for a long time in your mind in that place of shame. So give yourself the freedom today to allow yourself to receive forgiveness uh, from someone else and including yourself, Mm. and then allow for love to flow into that relationship. And begin to think about who are those people that uh, you feel you've uh, not done well with and you're carrying shame and let this be a day of freedom for Mm -hmm. you. That's really good. And, uh, you know, I was mentioning my wife having a playful exchange, although it was a little bit uh, tenuous at the moment when she said, will you forgive me? And he said, no. Uh, He is a late teenager. And um, the book that Gary Chapman was talking about with Jim Daly is called Things I Wish I'd Known Before My Child Became a Teenager. Uh, It's an excellent resource. It's full of uh, Gary's uh, terrific insights, and it's going to help you prepare for or better manage uh, the relationship with your teen. And so uh, get a copy of that book from us here at Focus on the Family. We have them here. Uh, We'll happily send one out. Uh, We'd ask that you make a one-time gift or a monthly pledge of any amount to support the work here of Focus on the Family. Uh, We're a worldwide ministry, 45 years of supporting families and reaching out. And uh, we'd invite your participation. So donate today generously as you can. And for a gift of any amount, we'll send that book from Gary Chapman, Things I Wish I'd Known Before My Child Became a Teenager. We're a phone call away. It's 800, the letter A in the word family. And uh, earlier, Danny mentioned being a counselor. We have a team of caring Christian counselors here. And no matter what you're facing, if you're uh, feeling like you're uh, really in a corner or you're in a spot you just can't get out of, Um, in your parenting journey, call us and ask to speak with one of our counselors. We'll get your name and number. We'll have somebody call you back at a convenient time, and uh, they'll help you push through that shame and uh, and help you get to a better place. And once again, our number, 800-A-FAMILY. Details about our counseling team and uh, resources like Gary Chapman's book are in the show notes. More from Gary Chapman next time. And uh, for now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and our entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. As a parent, it's easy to find myself sitting backseat to my kids in the backseat. It's tough to be a step ahead. and full honesty, I'm pretty hard on myself when that happens. But I've found Practice Makes Parent, a podcast from Focus on the Family, hosted by Dr. Danny Huerta and Rebecca St. James. It helps me be more intentional and not feel alone when things get tough. Everything they share is practical and well-practiced, and I can use it right away. Listen to Practice Makes Parent wherever you get your podcasts.